0: Hello, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all in one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. My name is Craig Stoss, and I am here today with Justin Rice, the Senior Lead of Escalated Support at Shopify. Justin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Craig. Justin, your background is in building out the Escalated Support strategy at Shopify. Uh, we're here today to talk about tiering and escalated support. And I'd love to start with getting your opinion on when should a company choose to tier their support team?
1: Yeah, um, so my own, my own context on, on tiering is, is kind of the tiering between frontline and, and technical support teams. Um, and I think there's a couple of key times when we'd want to look at, at tiering. So the first is kind of um, when you need depth on a particular topic. And then here we can see you know, the types of questions that merchants or customers may have requires some additional depth in order for them to be successful. Um, the other time would be if the, the breadth of knowledge is just too broad for um, a generalist role. And that's where some either specialization or tiering can be helpful. Um, and then another case is where. Uh, where people on your team are developing more specialized skills or finding new ways to have an impact um, and actually having them dedicated on that, on that type of work can be really be really beneficial for, for your team. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean tiering. Again, a specialized model can, can work there, but I think tiering is one of the ways that, um, that can support that. So those are kind of the main things that I would look at um, when considering whether, whether to tier. And then another case that is when you have things that are access controlled, you need a smaller group of people with a bit more oversight to um, to manage a particular process or something like that.
0: You highlighted several reasons there why you might want to tier or or not tier. So so given that, you know, what are the things you should look at in order to make that decision, and and what are the advantages of, of tiering?
1: For sure. Um, so when we're looking at most. Or decisions like this, I think it's helpful to look at the cost, quality, and availability as kind of your your trifecta. So, what is the cost of having a generalist model versus um, some tiering? Uh, do you need a high quality bar with people focused in that area, um, and then what does that mean for your availability of service? A tiered team tends to be smaller, particularly when you're starting out. Um, so, do you need that? Uh, that skill set available consistently, and so those are kind of like three, three things I would I would say to to look at when considering this. Um, and equally as important as if you should tier is kind of like uh, is kind of how you should tier. Um, so I'm a big believer that tier when it's useful, but stay horizontal as as much as possible. Um, and then in terms of positives for tiering, I think it really comes to uh, it's an opportunity to give clear progression. Um, for people's careers, it's a way to, um, you know, mark some lines around more responsibility and and clear expectations. And then for, um, people on, on different levels, it's helpful for them to not get bogged down on super difficult or super specific issues. So if you're on the front line, you may be, you might be seeing issues that, you know, require a, a ton of time or a ton of context to, to solve. Um, effectively, um, so one of the positives of tiering is that you have that next level of support that you can rely on for that additional context. Whether that's a handoff, whether that's pulling them to to the problem, but it helps um, it helps unblock um, people. Uh, and then I think it can also be helpful to have some tiering and titling um, when navigating the the relationship with product teams. Um, so, for example, if if you have you know the the title of technical support or you know whatever the title may be as that second line um, it can help kind of signal to to product teams to engineering that you know you own a particular domain you you have a particular skill set, and that's why you're at the table. so I think it's it's helpful for some of those conversations as well.
0: yeah, I completely agree. having that differentiation in titles absolutely brings clarity both inside the team but cross functionally lends itself to you know, who does the different things and, and who might have a different level of expertise. Um, but given that you have to have all these distinguishing factors, you know, how do you align with each of these roles and make sure that the tasks are understood by each member of the team?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it, a lot of it will depend on on the types of work that the team is handling. You know, I think things like access controls make it um, much clearer. So you you run into a line where you you can't um, take it any further, that's very clear cut. But there's going to be other cases that are are much blurrier. I think technical support um, is, is definitely can be one of those cases. Um, so I would say things like, you know, clear job titles, team FAQ docs, onboarding, um, regular uh, communication um, between the tiers is really helpful. So we would do um, you know, kind of intro talks, kind of share what's the scope of our team. These are the types of problems you can send over to us, that kind of that kind of thing. Um, but I think there, it's likely that there's going to always be some blur um, between those between the tiers. And I think it's helpful to be really clear about the lines that um, that shouldn't be crossed. So things like, you know, let's say the, you know, the frontline team shouldn't um, log issues directly with engineering. That might just, for example, um, but I think it's also helpful then where there is that blurry space to a have some some feedback and and calibration between the tiers so that we can uh, adjust as we go, um, but then also create this space to support people when they they want to go the extra mile. So if it is, you know, in that in that blurry space of you know some additional troubleshooting, how can you make it safe to to go the extra mile? Um, I think it's helpful to kind of empower that um, that frontline tier, um, and it also helps you identify potential um, future uh, future candidates within the team as well. Um, so I would say it's helpful to draw those clear lines, but also having that ongoing calibration.
0: You brought up again the professional development benefit, and you had said that earlier about as a positive tiering, um, but you also have suggested that tiering might not be the only path towards making a system like this work. So I'd be interested in understanding, how do you build the professional development in a situation where you aren't going to tier? What are the, what are the mechanisms to, to make that work?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it is possible. I think for me, career pathing and and a sense of progress in your career, I think is the helpful piece. So um. It's everything from creating opportunities to kind of stretch into um, stretch into that that new box, uh, all the way through to you know having a, a senior title and 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 the recognition and and the responsibility that comes along with that. Um, and I don't think that tiering is is necessarily the only way to do that. And I think there's there are real drawbacks to to tiering and 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 focusing on titles. For example, typically when you make something someone's title, that thing stops being everybody else's job. So it's very easy to say, oh, that's so-and-so's. I'll just hand it off to them. I don't need to to learn about that or worry about that. Um, but I think the the thing to look at in terms of career progression is creating those opportunities for people to to take on harder work, encouraging that, making it safe for them to do so. And then providing clear recognition when they do step into that new box. That might not be a tier. That could be a title on the same team that could be joining another tier. Um, But I do think the recognition piece is helpful. One, for their own growth and, and kind of just positive recognition. And then if they are going to be taking on additional responsibility, it's helpful for the people that they're interacting with to know what their responsibilities are. They have that kind of interface point.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's clear that the individuals have a benefit here and can get more clarity and more career path uh, progression. Uh, but how about at the team level? What are the types of success factors that you measure to make sure that your tiering is having the intended outcomes that you want and, and bringing value to your, your customers?
1: Yeah, so I would look at uh, the outcomes that your merchants or customers need from your team. That's where I would start. I think the two the two metrics I would I would look at first are your CSAT or or kind of voice of the customer are they getting higher quality outcomes that matter to them or does the business get the higher quality outcomes as well um, and then looking at for those topics that do go to the next tier uh, what is their their total life cycle so what is the the first response time, what is the close time, uh, what is the, the CSAT. So I think, and I, I would really, I think that's an important point to look at the full lifecycle KPIs, not just individual teams. Because one thing I've seen happen is that, say, the the frontline team can be you know really successful, everything's going great, they get faster, um, but once something goes up to the second line team, maybe they're really underwater and they're struggling. And if you don't have that lifecycle measure, it's going to be really easy for you know t- those two different tiers to start uh, you know blaming the other one or or anything like that. And if you're optimizing for a part and not the whole, you're not actually going to get the outcomes that your your customer actually cares about. So, for example, they care about their case's result. Yes, they do care about the time to response there. But their ultimate concern is, is this resolved? And I think that's a reason to look at those those lifecycle KPIs. Um, and then going back to that trifecta, it needs to be weighed against the quality, the availability, and the cost, um, as well just for, for the business case.
0: You talked a little about what customers expect as outcomes from, from a tiered model or from, from a team in general. So maybe we'll wrap up with, how does tiering benefit the customer?
1: I think it can. And I think that's a, it's a really important part to understand really what outcomes your your customers need. Um, yeah, I would say it, it comes back to looking and understanding what your, your customers really need. And I would also say that it, it really depends on what types of cases they need resolved. And then consider, are you organized to do that effectively? Um, so, tiering may help in some cases, tiering may be the wrong thing to do in other cases. I don't think tiering is inhe- inherently beneficial um, to customers, but it depends on that con- that context and those outcomes. Um, again, I think something like access controls, that might actually not be better for that individual customer but it might be the right thing for your business because it, it needs a bit more oversight to make sure we're doing the right thing and, and making the right trade-offs. Um, I, think, I think my my parting thoughts on this would be uh, to also set tripwires for when uh, tiering stops working. Um, it's really easy to kind of set it and, and forget it, but I, I do think it's really important to have those lifecycle KPIs and understand what would it look like if this um, stopped serving us um, because it like org, org changes and and these designs, you're, you're, you're solving one problem and you're creating another one somewhere else. It's just which trade-off you want to have. Um, so I think having those tripwires for when we need to reevaluate this, um, what are some early warning signs that we need to recalibrate is a helpful thing to, to bake into these decisions as well.
0: Justin, I love the view that you've brought here that tiering has a lot of benefit, but it's also something that has to be constantly evaluated and understood and used in the right situations to make sure you're driving the right customer outcomes. It's clearly not as easy as slapping a new title onto a set of people. And it's really great the, uh, the success you've brought to Shopify with this program. So thank you so much for sharing with us and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Justin Reist from Shopify. Make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com. At nice reply.com.